Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Yes, indeed, it is Thursday at 6 o'clock, so you know that means it's time for Soccer City here on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. It is the show where we talk all things Louisville professional soccer, racing Louisville FC, Louisville City FC. I'm Jeff Milby. Benton Newman is across from me here at the table, and Zach Cantrell is our producer tonight. Uh, so much going on right now, Benton. Racing Louisville, they cruised to another Challenge Cup victory last night. 3 to nothing over the Houston Dash. Have they found a groove? It kind of feels like it, but they need to keep it going. Loose City, of course, they're coming off of a very surprising loss. Another surprising loss. Seems like we've said that a bunch this year. Over the weekend, their third home loss at home. That one, a 3-1 score to Memphis. And the results this year have been a little bit hit and miss, but have the performances. Is the reason for optimism despite the losses, despite the up-and-down results for Louisville? Louisville City. We will talk about that. And we do not have a guest today. We almost always have a guest on this show. Uh, that's one of the reasons that this show is so great, because we get access to the Louisville City and racing Louisville players and staff and coaches. Uh, but no guests today. Schedules just didn't line up. So you get more of us. That's always wonderful. Uh, we're going to assess. We're going to do like a little midseason report card on both teams. Uh, racing Louisville, they're at exactly the halfway point already. Believe it or not, they're at the halfway point of their regular season. Louisville City, they're almost 40% of the way through. So it's, uh, it's a good time to kind of pause and, and assess the bigger picture view, how things are going for both teams. So we'll do that uh, today as well. A couple of games to get you ready for uh, at home, or this weekend in general, I should say. Louisville City on the road at Phoenix on Saturday night. That is a 10-30 kickoff in Arizona. 10-15, our coverage begins here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Racing Louisville, they're back at home this weekend on Sunday. That is a 4 o'clock kickoff for that game against New York, New Jersey, Gotham. It is a SpongeBob theme night. Uh, it is going to be a game broadcast on national television on Big Boy CBS. Uh, so we want a great crowd in for that one to show everybody uh, how much Louisville supports their soccer teams on CBS. So in that effort, we're going to give away four tickets tonight. If you're listening to the show, we are giving away four tickets to Racing's game on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock against Gotham. We have a trivia question. Kayla Fisher, last night in Racing's 3 to nothing win over Houston, scored her first professional goal. What college did she go to? If you're a Racing Louisville fan, that should be an easy one for you. What college did she go to? First person to text us the correct answer at 437-9680. That is the UPS Jobs text line here at ESPN Louisville. 437-9680. Where did Kayla Fisher go to college? You get four tickets to Sunday's game. So send your texts in. Go ahead and Google it. We don't care. Get your Google fingers out. 
where did Kayla Fisher go to college? And Benton has a wonderful hint that he yeah. came up with. I was going to say, Jeff, I want to give the listeners a little, little fun fact, a little tip on this one. Yesterday's date was 614. 614 is the area code of this school. There you go. 614 area code. What school is located in the 614 area code? Text us your answers. And the first one to text us a correct answer at 437-9680 gets four tickets to Sunday's game. If you don't win the free tickets, there are plenty of tickets available. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets. $8 student tickets, all-you-can-eat tickets. $17 general admission tickets are available to you at RacingLouFC.com slash tickets or 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y. And by the way, the next Louisville City home game is the International Friendly on June 21st against FC Kaiserslautern out of Germany. That game coming up on Wednesday the 21st. 8 o'clock kickoff for that one. LouCity.com slash tickets. 502 LouCity is the phone number. Well, Benton, uh, last night, Racing Louisville was in action. It's fresh in the memory, so that makes perfect sense for where we should start uh, today's show. It was the Houston Dash last night, 3 to nothing at Lynn Family Stadium. Really a complete performance for Racing Louisville. Aside from maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, they dominated the entire game. They got two goals in stoppage time of the first half to not only grab control, but really, uh, not just grab the lead, but grab control of the game. And then they added a third in the second half to cruise to victory. Uh, Racing Louisville continues to play well in the Challenge Cup. They are unbeaten in the Challenge Cup, which is that little side tournament in addition to the regular season has a million dollar prize on the line um lots of good things lots of good vibes i would say around racing louisville after last night's victory yeah i mean it was an outstanding match they largely controlled it from start to finish by the second half it seemed like houston had basically gave up i mean scoring two goals at the uh at the end of the first half was killer it was absolutely killer, and I'm, I'm really happy that Kayla Fisher bagged her first goal. Before that first goal, I was thinking, if there's any player on this pitch who really deserves to score right now, it's Kayla Fisher. She was looking sharp out there. Uh, you know, really exciting for the rookie to bag her first goal, and I believe her family is in attendance for that one, too. Ah, very good, very good. Yeah, it was a terrific finish for her um, with her right foot, just curled it around the goalkeeper from the left side. Good buildup for racing into that goal. And then a couple of minutes later, before the smoke had even cleared from the skies at Lynn Family Stadium, Savannah DeMello scored another banger. I mean, every time she scores, it is a top 10 worthy kind of goal. Last night's maybe not quite top 10 worthy, but still a really super finish with the outsider foot hit sort of with the toe poke from just at the top of the box. Somehow, Benton, I'm replaying the goal in my mind. I don't know how that ball dipped down under the bar because it comes off of her foot, a looping ball over the goalkeeper, and then somehow it dips down under the bar and into the back of the net. And Savannah DeMello just continues to play so well for racing Louisville FC. She has to be, I think, has to be on that plane to the World Cup this summer. She is the reigning NWSL Player of the Month. She has not stopped scoring, has not stopped contributing to goals, save for a couple of games, a little tiny lull there. She's been the leader of this team. I think she's the leader for the MVP conversation in the league right now. Maybe if Racing Louisville wins a few more games and climbs up the standings, she'll have a really good case to be MVP. But she's got to be on that plane to the World Cup this summer for the U.S. the way she's playing for Racing Louisville right now. Yeah, if she's not going to Australia, I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter to Vladko. She absolutely deserves to be on this team she's been way too hot not to include her by the way after her goal can we appreciate just like the arms out the like witness me gladiator sort of moment that she had after scoring that one like even she knew that was pretty awesome i mean it was such a great goal she's had so many great goals this year uh i mean it, every time she scores it's worthy of watching it's not like she ever has a little tap in or a weak little goal that kind of yeah. you know how did that go in no every time she scores it's wow it brings you out of your seat yet another one from outside the box i think she's only scored one or two from inside the box yeah. and those are, i think were penalties like she's just you know she's a sniper 
Kim Bjorkgren, he's the head coach for Racing Louisville. He talked about Savannah DeMello and her great run of performances last night after the game. Here's what he had to say. You have, we are talking about the player that scores or make assists in every single game, that makes the difference in every single game. What more can you do? I mean, she's amazing right now. She's in that bubble when everything she do is just almost, almost perfect, at least. Like, the finishing's there with outside of foot. It's, it's top, top. I mean, even in Kim Bjorkgren's Swedish accent, you can hear it clearly there. What else can you say? What else, what else can she do uh, for racing Louisville Savannah DeMello? She continues to be, as a second-year professional, continues to be an absolute star, one of the best players in the league, a player who, when she came in, didn't have that much acclaim. I know she's the number four overall pick at a USC last year and was a really solid college player, had an Achilles injury in college that kept her out for a year, came back from that, battled back from that. But she wasn't exactly the most hyped player in that draft and racing Louisville a little bit, didn't quite know what they had in her. But boy, oh boy, have they found a gym. I mean, she is a star, not in the making. She's a star now. Uh, for racing Louisville. Yeah, unlike when we got Emily. Emily Fox was uh, felt like a surefire um, inclusion in um, in the women's national team picture, but that's not been the case with Savannah DeMello, and you feel like she's been pushing her way into that. And, and now here in year two, boy, is she feeling comfortable in this league. Then the third goal for racing Louisville in the second half of the game, Parker Goins came off the bench, a forward. She scored for the third time this season. She's played a total of 93 minutes. She's only come off the bench in five different games between the regular season and the Challenge Cup. She's already scored three times. I mean, that is a weapon if there ever was, right? To be able to turn to the bench to bring on a young player. Uh, she's only in her second year as a pro as well. And she has proven to be an asset, a person that you can throw into the game late on who can make a difference and score goals. Uh, I mean, maybe she's making the argument she deserves a little more playing time. Maybe she deserves to get a start, um, I would say. But if she's just going to be a bench piece, what a bench piece to have. I love the comparison, and I forget where I saw this, so credit to whoever said this, but they compared her to the babyface assassin from mm. Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, I said that right. th- those, you did. I, I didn't want to attempt it. That was what Kim Bjorkgren <laughs> had to say, uh, that, that she was you know, such a bench weapon like he was for Manchester United back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, just terrific stuff for her. So racing now, believe it or not, they are eight of their last nine games. They've only lost one of their last nine games. They are eight of their last nine. They're unbeaten. A run of five, one, and two. That's five wins, one loss, two ties between regular season play and challenge cup play. So this is a team that, while they may be outside of the playoff picture right now in the regular season standings, they are starting to find themselves. That's been the story all year long with this team, right? Is that in year two under Kim Bjorkgren, year two of so many of these players being together, the, the young core of Jalen Howell and Savannah DeMello and Katie Lund, uh, on and on and on, the, all the new talent that was brought in in the offseason, the international talent, they're really starting to gel. And just to drive that point home, this time last year, Racing Louisville was in the midst of a 13-game winless run. Right, That was the doldrums of the summer. It seemed like this team just could not find a victory. Well, they've had five wins in the last nine games, um, and they've only lost once in those last nine games. So that's a pretty good run, Benton, I would say, for this young team. Yeah, and I mean, we've, we've talked about this quite often here on the show is that the cohesion piece, it was going to take time, but when it started clicking, it was going to really get going. And I think we're starting to, to see that upward trend and where we're going to really start to see the full strength of this team once they really familiarize themselves with one another. It's really starting to come together and it's exciting to watch. The point about this being a new team this year and we can kind of turn the page on the last couple of, of seasons for racing Louisville. Kim, Bork- Kim Bjorkgren talked about that as well last night. I think everybody who's what he had to say, racing, they can see that we're a different team this season. 
and the stability, uh, a clean sheet again for Katie. Uh, so, yeah, we keep moving in the right direction. We have still a young squad, some players that have to, to learn. Like I said, we maybe need to to score another third goal a little bit earlier, but overall, it, it's, it's really good. I mean, last night's performance was you're getting down to nitpicking if you want to be critical of racing Louisville like he said maybe maybe you want them to score that third goal a little bit sooner and really kill the game early you can say that for the first 10 or 15 minutes it was a pretty even game but after that it was all racing Louisville second half especially Houston didn't really didn't have a sniff of of, of racing's goal at all and uh, it just continues to be a strong performance for this racing team so not only, like I said, have they only had one loss over the last nine games, they're now in first place in their group in the Challenge Cup. They're the only team to not lose in the Challenge Cup yet. And that is really cool on one hand. But on the other hand, how much do we value the Challenge Cup as, as racing Louisville fans? How much do you think um, it would mean to this club to go on and win, in the, win the Challenge Cup? Would you trade? Here's the question that I'm building up to, Benton. If this team were to miss the playoffs at the end of the year, which is a long way away, but right now they're on the outside looking in. But let's say they made the run all the way to the Challenge Cup final and won the thing. Would you trade a Challenge Cup trophy for missing the playoffs? How would you feel as a racing Louisville fan? I have a pretty strong opinion on this, and others might disagree with me, but absolutely not. I think the playoffs mean too much. This club needs to see regular season success, especially when you talk about building a fan base, right? You got a lot of people in the city that aren't as familiar with the team. And if they start to get their interest peak and they want to see how this team's doing, they're not going to look at the Challenge Cup. They're not going to know what the Challenge Cup is. They're going to look at the regular season standings. And I think we need to see success there first before we begin to, I guess, spread ourselves too thin and explore, uh, explore other accolades like the Challenge Cup itself. So I want to see the regular season prioritized. Not to say I, I don't it, – it's not that I don't want them to succeed in the Challenge Cup. I just don't want the Challenge Cup to come at the detriment of – the playoffs. Sure, I get that. The playoffs are the ultimate goal, right? And, and you're absolutely right. I think most fans who aren't plugged in every day, aren't paying attention every day, will look up just the general standing, see where they are in, in terms of the playoff race. Um, and that's really truly what matters, right? That's how you're going to judge the season. But what I will say, to say to encourage Racing Louisville to go after the Challenge Cup at this point, they've already had a great start, right? Might as well go full bore. Go all in on the Challenge Cup and see if you can win it. One, there's a million-dollar prize on the line for the players. It's a lot of money at the, at the stage of the game in women's soccer. Uh, that's not a bad bonus if you're a Racing Louisville player. Um, two, there are not enough over the course of a long regular season. There are not enough big occasion games. You have a player like Alex Morgan come to town, which he didn't show up, actually, as we all know. That's, that qualifies as a kind of a big occasion, right? But outside of those kind of moments when the big-name stars like Megan Rapino or Rose Lavelle on down the list, Marta, come to town, there's not really big occasions over the course of the regular season. Every game feels a little monotonous. Every game feels a little mundane. It's, who are they playing this week? Oh, okay, let's see if they can win. You put in a Challenge Cup final. You put in a game where a trophy is on the line, where it's all do or die, where the stakes for that competition rest on how you play and whether or not you can get the result. That's the kind of thing that can bring new fans in. If somebody tunes into that game or comes to that game and they see the tension on the field, they feel the tension in the stands, they feel the energy, they see the team laying it all on the line to try and win that game, that's the kind of thing that can suck you in and make you want to be a a fan of racing Louisville and be a fan of the sport. So to counter your point, ultimately I think I agree with you that the playoffs are the ultimate goal for this team. That If they lose in the Challenge Cup and make the playoffs, that's absolutely a, a... a successful season for racing Louisville. But if they can make – I say go all in on the Challenge Cup because you already had, you've already had a great start. You're halfway there. If you win your division, you go automatically to the semifinal, right? 
So go ahead and go all in and try and create a positive memory for racing Louisville fans. Do something. Have a, have a big occasion yeah. that can get some people in to follow this thing. And oh, by the way, you get a million bucks to put in your back pocket if you win it. Yeah. So not to, not to totally undermine my, uh, my argument against it, but it's one of those things kind of like how MLS clubs treat the, uh, the, the Open Cup is that once you you start out maybe not so serious with it, but after you get to a certain point within the competition advanced so far, then you start to put a little bit more eggs in that basket. And I think we're, we're, we're approaching that point. Once we, once we solidify that and we're in kind of the knockout phase of that, then sure, I don't mind them putting a little bit more, more stock into that. But I think you also have to kind of keep in mind that where you're at in the, in the regular season, right? And, I mean, they're, I think they're close to the playoff picture. They're not, not quite there yet. So it's one of the things you want to feel out when you get closer to that. Right, but, we're, uh, we're, but we're I, still only at the halfway point of the season. Right, There's still a lot of soccer to be played. If you're making me pick one or the other, I'm unquestionably picking the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. It's definitely, I, I think, a sound argument. Uh, but it, but it's now for Kim Bjorkgren, it, it does become that question of how much do you value the Challenge Cup now that you've had this great start, now that you feel like you've got a leg up on the competition and getting to that semifinal and maybe getting to that championship game of the Challenge Cup. On down the line, he's got to kind of juggle that a little bit of, do I rest players in regular season games? Do I go all out for a Challenge Cup game? He talked about that last night as well a little bit. I think it's really important. Uh, I mean, it's an important tournament. Uh, we want to play to start with the semifinal uh, in the Challenge Cup, but we also want to be a top six team in the league. So it's it's to have a balance there. Uh, but we also felt that uh, today we had a fresh squad. Uh, we made some rotation in the game. We, we still have... The next game home, and that's against God on Sunday, so we're going to have time enough to be ready for that one as well. So basically, he wants to have his cake and eat it too, he says. He wants to make the playoffs and go for the Challenge Cup. And that's, I suppose, what you want to hear right now, right? Yeah, they want they want to win everything that they can. And, and you know, I, I mean, a trophy is a trophy, right? So you don't want to discount that at all. And they've, they've made it to a point where that's, you know, but they can start to think about that a little bit. And that million-dollar prize pool, totally understand the incentive from the player's perspective on that one. So they'll take a back seat on the Challenge Cup for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Challenge Cup is going to take a bigger uh, – it's going to be more important when the World Cup rolls around because that's how the league is dealing with having their best players leave the league midseason to go play in the World Cup. They're going to play these Challenge Cup games during that World Cup break. So that'll be when the, the Challenge Cup really becomes – uh, the main story for racing Louisville. It's back to the regular season on Sunday is the point that I'm making. They're hosting Gotham, as you heard Kim Bjorkegren say, Gotham uh, on Sunday afternoon. Four o'clock kickoff in the sunshine at Lynn Family Stadium. Uh, that game airing on CBS, and we're giving away tickets. If you're listening to us here on ESPN 680-1057, we've got a trivia question out there for you. Text in your answer at 437-9680. We're giving away four tickets to the first person who answers our trivia question correctly, Kayla Fisher. Last night scored her first professional goal for racing Louisville. What college did she go to? She's a rookie. What college did she go to just last season? 437-9680 is the place to text your answers to get your four free tickets to Sunday's game. And, of course, you can buy tickets as well, racingloufc.com slash tickets. Let's take a time out again. No guest on today's show, so we've got a lot more to talk about. You're stuck with me and Benton. When we come back, we're going to talk about Louisville City. They are in a little bit of a rut right now. They lost a surprising one over the weekend at home to Memphis. Already their third home loss this year. We'll chat about Louisville City and get you ready for their game on Saturday at Phoenix. When we return, this is Soccer City here on ESPN 680 and 105.7.
You're listening to Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Welcome back to Soccer City here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. We have a winner of our ticket giveaway tonight. It was a trivia question for tickets to the winner, and we have a winner. The question was, where did Kayla Fisher, the rookie who scored for Racing Louisville last night, go to college? And Benton, where did she go? Ohio State. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. That's right, Zach. The Ohio State. Sorry uh, the, to disrespect them. <laughs> the, the Buckeyes scored last night for Racing Louisville to open the scoring. And we have someone who texted in their correct answer. They are going to get the tickets. Congratulations to you, listener. Uh, this is going to be something that we're going to make a habit of, by the way. If you're listening to us today, we're going to start giving away tickets more often. We've done it once already this year. This is the second time we've done it. So Thursday night, 6 o'clock, if you want to get some free tickets to, to Racing Louisville or Louisville City Games, tune in every week. We'll have a trivia question or some other kind of thing you can do uh, to claim some free tickets so congratulations to our winner tonight uh we're talking about louisville city now turning the page to louisville city after we've talked about racing louisville and their victory last night for louisville city it was not a victory in their most recent game over the weekend on saturday at home before a crowd of 10,000, nearly 800 10,800 or so they lost three to one to memphis already the third home loss of the season for louisville city and it was the continuance of a little bit of a trend for louisville city where the performances have been okay but the results aren't there there have been to be fair there have been some bad performances i mean i would i would qualify hartford the zero zero tied hartford is a bad performance the second half against indy i would say is a bad performance you can disagree if you want benton but the memphis game was a good performance um all around the numbers say it the eye test said it the only thing that was bad was they got beat three times three chances for memphis they took all three one of them was a fluky goal that was deflected off of owen dom the 18 year old making his only his second louisville city start in his career right it played well defensively got in front of the player uh kiss you do for memphis who had the opportunity and it just took a, a fluky deflection off of dom's foot looping over the goalkeeper into the back of the net to give memphis a, a second goal outside, what i'm saying is outside of the goals that memphis scored Louisville City was dominant, especially in the second half, and the numbers back that up. So I got to get this out of my system before we continue the conversation. This isn't the reason why we lost or another factor, but it was just annoying as a fan to see. That first half officiating was probably the worst that I have seen in that stadium. Yeah, it, it was definitely a talking point. I'll say that much. There were a couple of yellow cards that were very questionable on 50-50 balls in the air where both players for either team went up for it. And just because the, the Memphis player you know, in both occasions came down hurt, the referee seemed to be convinced by the injury that they deserved a yellow card, the Louisville City player. So, I, and, and the foul total was completely a one-way train in the first half. It evened up a little bit in the second half, but in terms of that first half, the fouls were uh, far and away in favor of, of Memphis. It, it ended 16-11 to 11 was the foul count total in that game. But in the first half alone, it was 13-4. to 4. So Louisville called for 13 fouls. Memphis called for only four. So I don't disagree with you. Yeah. The refereeing was definitely a talking point from that yeah, game. I'm not going to be the guy saying that's the reason that we lost. But, man, it, just, it was just annoying and very frustrating, particularly in the first half. It wasn't as bad in the second half. I'll give him that credit. Anyway, moving on from the officiating side of things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those matches where if, if it was to be played again, there's a somewhat reasonable argument to say that we might have won that, right? We were creating a lot of opportunities. We, for the most part, relatively limited them. And, I mean, you, you got to think about part of Memphis's game plan is to get in the opposition's head. It is to like kind of influence our referee. They do a lot of these dark arts, if you will, that right. 
not not good gains, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, it you know it Game, wins. It works, it. it works yes. for them, and it's very frustrating. And I can see why a number of players do not like Memphis in particular. But um, you know, as, as bad as a loss feels, like we also have to keep in mind that this Memphis team you talked about this last week is red hot. They're, they're charging up the standings. They're good. I thought they were, that they would have fallen off after losing Ben Pierman, their head coach, in the offseason. And then also trading away Philip Goodrum, who scored yeah. led uh, led them in scoring last year with twenty two goals. They sent him away a month ago, and they've been better. It's been addition by subtraction for them. Yeah, they've really kind of you know, revamped themselves and, and remained relevant. So props to them. But yeah, it just. You think of Lynn Family Stadium as a fortress. So anytime you get any sort of loss there, regardless of the quality of the opponent, it just sucks. It just feels bad. And it just goes to, like, to add on to this is like just the ongoing scoring struggles. Again, the optimistic side of things is that they were creating a lot more. So that's definitely a move in the right direction. It absolutely is. The scoring struggles, you mentioned it. Louisville City continues to struggle to put the ball in the back of the net. They've only had multiple goal games twice this year. 13 games over the course of the regular season. 13 total goals. I mean, that's easy math, right? Very simple. Anybody who who knows division uh, can do 13 over 13. That's one goal a game. Uh, That's just simply not good enough. You're the the bottom of the league. and, And it's not good enough to be a contender this year and it's not good enough compared to to Louisville City's history they've never really been a team that has struggled to score uh, like this but all that being said Danny Cruz is still very confident about his team Uh, he talked to reporters earlier today and they asked him about uh, that result against Memphis and he seemed really almost bullish on his team's ability uh, to create chances and, and to get this thing figured out offensively. Here's what he had to say. Ironically, I thought we were incredible in the second half. I thought the guys that came on did an excellent job. I thought the understanding of exploiting space, um, we just didn't finish the, the quite a few chances that we had, and it left us vulnerable uh, in the counter. Uh, we get a little bit unlucky with that, very unlucky uh, on, the, on their second goal, um, but the response from there 30 seconds later was incredible. Um, we push for it and, and end up giving the third. So, not uh, again. There were a lot of positives to take away from the game, and certainly nobody's sitting here and, and happy with with a loss. Certainly not me. Certainly not the group. Um, but you, you look to, to take some things away from that second half, as you said, to to make sure that you build on it. And when you go in and you do the video on Monday morning, uh, and you're feeling like, wow, it's it, you can't believe that you lost the game. I think there's positives to take away from that. I mean, he sounds downright confident in his team. He, having reviewed the tape, having had a few days to sit and think about it and to watch the tape and to look back at how the game went, he's clearly happy with the performance, which you can understand because particularly in the second half, they came out and were dominant for the first 20 minutes or so. They had chance after chance after chance. They outshot Memphis. They uh, had more opportunities than Memphis, but they just didn't take them. So on one hand, you can be positive and say, you know, look, the performance was worthy of more than they got. The performance was worthy of a win. But on the other hand, I can also understand Louisville City fans that might be panicking a little bit because at a certain point, results matter. We may not be there yet. Louisville City's still doing fine. They're in fifth place in the East. They're still well above the playoff cut line. They've still got every opportunity if they can turn things around and start to rack up some wins to chase down uh, the leader in the East and, and maybe challenge for that number one seed again. So there's still plenty of time. But I can also understand if a Louisville City fan is panicking a little bit because this is a team that last year didn't struggle at all quite like this. And for the majority of their history, they've not struggled quite like this. So all that being said, Benton, you were there today. You talked to Danny Cruz. You were among the reporters that were talking to him. Uh, 
uh, is my read on it right? Was was Danny confident? Seemingly, he was. Danny's confident. The other coaches are confident. The players are confident. Those working the front office is confident. And I mean, I get why. Like it's it sure does feel bad. The vibes externally, at least, like sure do feel off since we're not scoring. It feels bad. It's not fun when you're not scoring. But I mean, all things considered, this team's still in a good spot. Like. You know, barring a bunch more injuries, this is probably, I'm going to use air quote, the floor for this team. They can, they're only probably going to go up from here. They're still very much in the playoff picture. And, you know, if they figure these scoring situations out, they're going to start climbing back up their standing. So I understand where they're at. But also from a fan's perspective, I also understand why there's a lot of frustration. You want to score goals. That's the fun part of the game. And when you're not getting those, it doesn't feel good. The, the statistics, we've talked about a little bit of them, but uh, the, the expected goals, we talk about that a lot, you and I, Benton, and it's a very valuable stat, especially in today's day and age. It's really the, the biggest advanced metric, if you want to go uh, that route, that, that soccer uses. It basically calculates the quality of the chances you get in terms of where the shots come from, uh, where they are, where, where the opposition is defensively, all that kind of stuff. And Louisville City, according to the internal stats that they have in the front office, this was their second most expected goals in any game this season. The first was against Detroit in that uh, game that happened at Lynn Family Stadium earlier this season. Um, over two expected goals uh, for, for Louisville City against Memphis. So that just backs up the yeah. fact that the performance was good. They just couldn't finish and ultimately paid a little bit of a price on the other end, giving up a couple of counter goals in the second half. And on the flip side, their expected goals against were relatively low. This was one of the games where there's the biggest gap in there, where you would kind of expect for there to be a win. So, yeah, there's some arguments that it was a little bit fluky. We talked about that that own goal. The first goal scored was maybe a little questioning officiating on how they got the ball in the first place. I mean, the end the, at the end of the day, they put the ball in the net in, in fair play. But it's one of those matches, again, if you replayed it, Maybe a case that we would have won. So we'll let them have the victory now. But if we meet again in the playoffs, that's the one I really want to win. Paolo Del Piccolo, he's the captain of Louisville City. He also talks to reporters today, and he echoed what his head coach had to say. I don't always think the results um, are, are the best indicator of what's going on in, in the club. So when I look at times we've been on, you know, three-game win streaks, and I and I don't like what I'm seeing, you know, in terms of the the energy and, and the football that we're playing, but we've the bounces have gone our way. You know, that's a time where we need to figure it out just as much as a time when we, you know, drop a couple of results. And so for me, I look at the the results of the last few weeks. They're they're not good enough for sure. We know we need to we need to get points, 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 but. You know, it's also not a time to just panic and and go off and and change everything because there are a lot of good things happening. So, again, the confidence is there. The belief is there. They know what they're doing is going to eventually pay off and get results and get victories and score goals. It just hasn't happened for a little while now. I mean, I I say that. They just won at Indy a couple weeks ago, even though I I was critical of the second half they played. They won that game. Um, So it's not like things are really heading in a a tailspin. But the reason it feels like a little bit, like like you said, the vibes are off around this Louisville City season. They lost for the third time at home already. They're 3-3 and at home. They didn't lose their third home game until late August last year. So the timeline of the way things have gone sort of makes you feel a little bit more panicked if you're a Louisville City fan. You're wondering, why are things going wrong? But over the long haul, again, we're only about 38%. I did the math. We're only 38% of the way through the season. There's still a lot of soccer to be played. And so that's why Danny Cruz and Paolo Piccolo are saying, look, stick to the process. Continue to believe in us. We believe in us. And they're confident that the results are eventually going to come. Yeah, the old 76 are saying, right, Trust the process. That's right. And I mean, to, to, I'm, I'm glad you kind of talked about like last season as well. And that's what makes this comparison, I mean, hard and why maybe it feels bad from a fan perspective.
perspective is that last season where it's, we maintained largely the same team, they did so freakishly good. And when you compare the numbers, they just seem so off. But if you go back a little bit farther, I went back and looked at some of the, the previous data here. And you look at, I want to hone in specifically on 2017, 2019. 2017, obviously, we won our first championship. Correct. 2019, made the finals. Kind of, I mean, there's cases that we're, we have some kind of similarities going on with those uh, with those two um, teams in particular. Um, so, I mean, a few less goals in 17 and, uh, and 19. But um, as far as um, expected goals against, there were, uh, there were six more in 2017 and one less than, than 2019. And when you look at things in relation to points earned, 13, and I'm talking about 13 games through, so an even, right. even sort of scaling here. S- same same uh, part of the season. Yeah. We have more points this season at this point than we did in 2019, and we're really only a few points behind 17 and 18 in uh, in in 20, uh, 21 and 22 as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, it it does feel bad because of the goal scoring stuff, but when we look in perspective, like, not that far off the mark. They're not like they're not crushing records like they were last season, but they're still very much in the picture. Again, what we're like, what fourth or fifth in the East fifth currently t- well tied for fourth. If you want to look at it that way with Memphis, but Memphis has two games in hand. They yeah. play two fewer games than Louisville city. So assume they win both of those games. Then right. Lou city's six points behind oh. Memphis. And then ahead of them, it's Pittsburgh in first in the East with 26 points, Charleston with 25 in second place, Tampa Bay and third with 24th. And then you have Memphis and Louisville yeah. tied with 21. But we have won the two games at hand on all those teams above us, except for Memphis as well. So there's there's reason to believe that theoretically we could close those those gaps even further. So again, I understand why people might be frustrated and worrying, but like if you keep your mind on the big big picture here, we're not in that bad a spot. And I trust this team to figure it out because they figured it out every other year. Coach Cruz works night and day to to find the right tactics and, and get the right things out of these guys. And I know these guys are working their their butts off in, in training all the time. Honestly, the injury situation, like you hate to blame that. It's 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 not helped the cause at all. Um, Coach Cruz just get, shared some more information today on the injury stuff. We thought we were trending in the right direction on that part, but a uh, few setbacks. Jordan Scarlett, one of the signings, intended to essentially be the Josh Widener replacement likely going to be out for the season yeah here, First here's, time we heard that one here's what uh, danny cruz had to say about the injury situation not some not good news it's been bad news all season this may be the worst news in terms of injuries that they've gotten this year so it's, it's looking more and more likely that jordan uh scarlet is going to be out for the season um jorge is uh flying out today um to get surgery niall as you guys know has been out uh, what, probably 75% of the year up to this point. He's really played in maybe one, maybe two games. Um, you know, Josh is obviously not here. So these are uh, these are, are injuries that are a little bit longer term. And, and my job is to make sure that I prepare uh, the guys, uh, their, their numbers are being called upon to give the best uh, that they can on the field. So... Um, other than that, Manny is still out this weekend. Uh, Brian is still out this weekend. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing our best to get these guys healthy. And uh, until that happens, uh, we need to make sure that uh, when a player's number call, that is, as I said, they give us a good uh, performance. So to recap, Brian Ombi out this weekend against Phoenix. Manny Perez out this weekend against Phoenix. Jordan Scarlett, the center back who signed in the offseason, was one of the headline signings, meant to come in and bolster that back line with the expectation that Josh Winder would eventually go to Europe, which he has done, likely out for the season. So suddenly they're shorthanded at the back. Uh, Niall McCabe remains out. He's only played a couple of games, I think the first two games of the season. Since then he's been out, uh, and he's in his 30s, right? So it's always difficult to battle injuries when you're a little bit advanced in your career. So it's 
it's going to be a, a sh- another night, another game where Louisville City is very shorthanded, and that is as big of a part of the struggles that they've had offensively and in terms of getting results. However much you want to read into the results they've gotten, the injuries are as big a part of it as anything. They've not been able to field a consistent attacking lineup. Uh, they've not been able to field their best attacking players like Brian Ombi because of a couple of injuries and then a red card suspension he had. And Danny Cruz talked about that after the loss to Memphis. He was asked, look, why is this team struggling to score? Because they are, 13 goals in 13 games. Flatly, they're struggling to score. He said, look, one, it's confidence because when you go game after game after game and not really being able to put the ball in the back of the net, you got to worry a little bit about the confidence. I think their answers today show that they're still believing in what they're doing. They've kind of gotten over that little confident blip they had on, on Friday, uh, on Saturday night. But the injuries force Danny Cruz to field different lineups. He hasn't been able to be consistent in who, who the center forward is. We saw two different center forwards start together for the first time on Saturday. Cameron Lancaster and Martin Powells. We'll get into that a little bit later about how that went. But point being, the injuries have played a humongous factor in this Louisville City season, and they're almost succeeding despite the rash of injuries that they had, and they're going to continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah, on top of the uh, the continuity that you're talking about, which is oh so important, he's regular. Coach Chris has regularly talked about the importance of having that competition within trainings, and when you when you have guys out, then it kind of reduces that competition. And then what you're saying, it's kind of forcing his hand in some of these lineup sort of decisions. That's why we saw what was kind of an unusual setup in the start of the Memphis one. I thought it was absolutely fascinating and it's not like it didn't work it just seemed very odd looking at you know you have Elijah Widener in the in the back line you have a, a new striker up top it was a back three formation which we've only seen you sporadically but yeah it makes him to do stuff he might otherwise not want to do and they're just they're just finding ways to to make it work and even despite that like the team put out a good performance ultimately not the win but right work with what you got right and I, I love a minute a moment ago that you that you took it back to 2017 and 2019 though just to say just to prove the point that look because we're so often caught in the the microwave society, what have you done for me lately, looking just at last year. Because last year was record-breaking, the best regular season they've ever had. They made it all the way to the championship game, and they brought everybody back from that team. So it's natural for you to say, well, look, why aren't they performing like they did last year? But look, there have been hiccups along the road all through Louisville City's history, and they've never failed to make the Eastern Conference Finals in eight seasons. Every single year, they've been able to figure it out in time for the playoffs, which is when the when your bread gets buttered, and they they made it to the Conference Final each and every year, and they've made it now to, what, five finals? Or four finals, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Four yeah. finals overall in, in just eight seasons. So uh, the record of success speaks for itself. Let's take a timeout. Uh, one more segment to go. Again, no guest today on the show, so you're stuck with the two of us for a few more minutes we're gonna do a little mid-season report card for both racing louisville and louisville city racing is the at the exact halfway point of their regular season and Lou city is nearing the halfway point so it seems like a good time to kind of pull back a little bit and, and talk about how the season has gone in general uh, we'll do that when we return it's soccer city here on esp in louisville You're locked on Soccer City, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Welcome back. We're with you till 7 o'clock, and we are again getting you ready for a couple of games this weekend. Notably, first of all, Louisville City at Phoenix. That's a rematch of the 2018 USL Cup Final which Louisville City won at Lynn Stadium on campus at U of L to win their second title. Uh, this one out in Phoenix. It'll be a hot one on Saturday night, ten thirty. 
is the kickoff, 10.30 Eastern time. We previously thought it was going to be 9.30, but there was a mix-up there because Arizona apparently doesn't observe daylight savings time or something like that. So it's actually a 10.30 kickoff local time in Louisville. So we will have our coverage beginning at 10.15 on Saturday night. George Davis the fourth will be along with me for that one. So uh, do tune in if you're out and about or even if you just want to listen to a home broadcast while you're watching the game on Saturday night at 10.15. Racing Louisville, they are in action at home this weekend after their win last night. They're back at it on Sunday, 4 o'clock against New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. That game is on Big Boy CBS Network Television for Racing Louisville. So we want a good crowd out there to show the world. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets or 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y is the place to go to get your seats. We've already given away four tickets to that game earlier in the show. And then the next time you can see Louisville City in action at home, it's their first ever international friendly, an international exhibition game against FC Kaiserslautern. That'll be fun for me to say on the radio all night long for the broadcast of that game. FC Kaiserslautern on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, June 21st at Lynn Family Stadium. First time that Louisville City takes on a foreign opponent, an international opponent, team out of Germany's second division. Lucity.com slash tickets. Lucity.com slash friendly. 502 Lucity, the place to get your seats for that game. Uh, it's a perfect time for this. It's a couple of weeks into June. School just let out a couple of weeks ago locally. So let's do some report cards. I bet some JCPS parents are getting those report cards in the mail right now. So let's do report cards for both teams. Breaking well, out my red pen. There you go. That's that's scary thought for anybody on the other end of that red pen for, for <laughs> racing Louisville and Lucity. Uh, let's start with racing because, again, they're so fresh on our mind and they are at the exact halfway point of the regular season they've played 11 games of the 22 games in the regular season uh it it is a good little time to take a look at it benton what is your grade we'll start with you what is your grade for racing louisville to this point in the year i gave them a b minus they're doing they're doing they're doing well they're improving like we we should and i maybe would have went a little higher if we have seen more success in the regular season so i'm in some ways maybe discounting the challenge cup a little bit in my grading but this team is coming together they're progressing well right now they're slightly outside the playoff picture but there's absolutely no reason why they can't be in that situation later down the line so definitely moving in the right direction definitely happy with how things are going i want to see them continue improving i'm kind of with you i'm i'm, I'm a little bit more uh, bullish on them than you are i just gave them a flat b um, I think they have met expectations, I'll say, and that's what I would consider a B to be. If you get a B, you're meeting expectations. Uh, certainly, you'd hope that Racing Louisville would have been a little bit higher up in the standings this year. You look back at results uh, like Angel City, like Oil Rain, each game where they coughed up a two-goal lead. You win one or, one or both of those games. It's a di- different situation right now. Uh, but halfway through the season for this team, given their lack of success over their first two years, given that this team is growing and building and learning on the fly, uh, for them to be able to put up the results that they've gotten to go nine games with just one loss between the Challenge Cup and the regular season, which they are currently stretched they're currently on, I think you got to be pleased and you got to say that they are meeting expectations and it is setting up nicely for a a run in the second half to to jump up into that playoff picture. For what it's worth, right now, Racing Louisville down in ninth place out of twelve teams in the league, sitting on uh, twelve points. That is five points back of the final playoff spot. That is five points back of North Carolina, who have 17 points. All teams in the league, by the way, unlike the Louisville City situation, where we have teams with games in hand, the NWSL, even across the board, everybody's played 11 games. So you can really, you know, you can get a pinpoint picture of where you are in the standings. Five points back 
for uh, racing Louisville. What's been the biggest question for you so far in the season for racing? I think my biggest question is, is this a playoff team? And kind of going back to it is that it's a little bit murkier of a picture than I would have liked. I would have liked to see them clearly kind of maybe in the bottom half of the of the playoff picture. But I'd say right now we're air quote, we're, we're best of the rest. And it's a, it's a small gap, but that's still my kind of biggest question mark is can, can they continue to improve? Can they continue to get results and move themselves into that, that picture and make their first playoff appearance ever? Yeah, I, th- I think best of the rest, I like that. I'll, I'll say that they are sort of the best of that third tier. If you want to split it into like four tiers in the league, there are the top two teams or the top couple of teams. Portland, really one of the best teams in the league. Washington and San Diego currently tied for first. I think San Diego, when they're fully healthy and have their full team, they're a little bit of a cut above a lot of other people. And then O.L. Reign, they're in that group as well. The middle group, you know, Gotham, North Carolina, Houston, Orlando, that's that sort of second tier group. And then the third tier group, I think Racing Louisville is at the top of that group. Uh, You know, they're taking on teams like Chicago and Angel City and Kansas City for that. I think they're better than all three of those teams, mm-hmm. uh, clearly. But the question remains, are they going to be good enough to break into that second tier uh, and make the playoff line? My biggest question uh, very was a very specific one because we, we kind of are learning what the best lineup is for racing Louisville out there. We kind of have the idea of who the stars of the team are, who the starters are, who are the players that they can lean on night in and night out. But the one position where that really hasn't been true is the starting striker, the center forward, the number nine position. We don't really know who the best player is for the team there at this point. I don't think anyway. There's, it's really a three-player race right now. It will become a four-player race when Nadia Nadim gets healthy later in the year. But right now it is Uchenna Canoe, Kirsten Davis, and Parker Goins that have gotten most of the minutes at that number nine position. Uh, Canoe, of course, was the big signing in the offseason from the Mexican League where she scored a ton of goals, was a big money signing. She's been a little inconsistent for me. Uh, Just the one goal for her, she's played 12 games, seven starts, nearly 600 minutes, just one goal. Compare that to the two players behind her. Kirsten Davis, over 600 minutes, she scored twice. Parker Goins, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but only 93 minutes, and she scored three times. Three straight appearances for Parker Goins in which she has scored. I think she deserves probably to get a start at some point, uh, just based on the fact that when she's been thrown out there, she scored. I think she deserves to get a look from the start and get maybe 60 or 70 minutes under her belt in the game and see what she can do. But those three players, it's, it's unsettled for me. I think if, if Kim Bjorkegren had his way, Uchenna Canoe would have come in and run away with that number nine spot, but she's really more of a winger, and they've kind of been playing her out of position as a number nine, so it's left the door open for me a little bit. Yeah, there's probably still a little bit learning and adapting going on, maybe a little bit of confidence that still needs to happen for, for Uchenna, and I think she at the start of the season, kind of like you alluded to, is probably the 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 number one choice there. But um, but Parker Goins and uh, and Kirsten Davis have definitely inserted the conversation. I kind of echoing what you said there. Parker Goins definitely deserves a start or at least some more minutes there. I mean, at the rate she's scoring, certainly you know, her stock's drastically improving. There, Absolutely. Kirsten Davis has been excellent as well. Two two both very young players still as well, 100%. still growing and developing. Yeah, but I, but I, again, I think I think Goins, if you score three times in limited minutes. You deserve to get a look from the start and see what you got over the course of a longer span of time. Uh, let's go a little bit quicker here because we've got just a few minutes left. Your biggest takeaway from racing Louisville season so far? Um, biggest takeaway is uh, probably the emergence of DeMello. I thought she would continue to get better, but it's been at, at such a rapid and, frankly, jarring pace. She's, she's, um, she's instantly shot up to almost to superstar status to the point where we're, we're actively arguing to get her into the World Cup picture, which is a very tough thing. There's a lot of good players out there. I mean, Vlaco definitely has his handfuls in selecting that roster, but I think there's a, like we said earlier in the show, 
I mean, what more does she need to do? Yeah, I mean, and the women's national team is so political, and I mean that in the sense of there seem to be chosen players, players that are that are anointed as you're on the women's national team, you're going to get called in every world, every camp, and for Demello to be seemingly kind of on the outside looking in at that anointed status to work her way into that conversation naturally through her merit, I think uh, she's a huge story. My my story kind of similar. Uh, the biggest takeaway that there's just so much more talent on this team than there has been the last two years. Just oh, watching yeah. them, they're just more enjoyable to watch. I know that sounds silly uh, because they're on the outside of the playoff picture, but they're just a more fun watch because there's just more, there's so many better players on the field than there were the last couple of years. Um, they're a, a more competitive team. They're a more enjoyable team. We've got a couple of minutes. Let's move quickly to Louisville City. Uh, what's your grade for them so far this year? I give them a C. Um, kind of you know, middle of the pack. And we, we talked about some of these reasons. Well, standing wise, they're, they're doing fine. They're not blowing us out of the water. We would expect to be number one or two. We're just slightly below that. Still very much within reaching distance of that. Uh, I mean, the scoring troubles have been hard, but um, have been you know make you make you feel particularly bad. So I think C is a is a pretty fair grade. We also have to keep in mind that the expectations of this team are just so dang high. Yeah, I'm exactly with you. I gave them a C as well. Uh, the expectations, understandably, are super high because this has been a club that's only had success. Coming off of last year's team where they were the best in the Eastern Conference, were just a little bit behind San Antonio for the best in the league overall. They brought back 21 of those players, every main contributor from last year's team. And they just really haven't met expectations yet. Doesn't mean they can't. Doesn't mean this won't be a successful season. Doesn't mean it hasn't been a successful season. They're still in the thick of the playoff hunt. But it's been a disappointment. So I think a C is, is a valid grade for them. Uh, biggest question of the season. We probably, I think you and I are both going to have the same question. Um, goals and health. Yeah. Where, where are the goals coming from? When are they going to start to come? And will this team ever be healthy? Uh, Those have been the two biggest issues. They've been the two biggest stories. They've been the two biggest talking points. Anybody who follows Louisville City, that's been been what they've talked about is who's going to score and will we ever get the injury bug off our back? Yeah, I mean, I think the cold streak as far as as scoring goes, the the kind of lack of multi-goal games, that, that just feels like it's a matter of time. The more these guys continue to play and practice with one another, continue tweaking with their, their tactics and their strategies and whatnot, like, I feel like that dam has to break at some point for this team. Uh, biggest takeaway, I'm going to tweak mine and make it a biggest surprise. Uh, Oliver Zimla, the goalkeeper for Louisville City, when he signed, I don't think anybody really expected him to challenge for that number one job. Uh, everybody looked at Kyle Morton as the incumbent. He was the Golden Glove Award winner last year, or was uh, in the conversation for Golden Glove. Uh, didn't win the Goalkeeper of the Year Award, but was runner-up, arguably, in that award last year. Everybody thought he would be the number one guy for sure. But Zimla has come in and won the job and has really hardly looked back. He's been terrific as a rookie out of Marshall. The German um, brings championship experience with him, and he's been he's been a steady 80 back there in goal for Lou City. Yeah, at the start of the season, uh, the, the coaching staff was very excited about him, and I didn't fully understand. I'm like, well, we got our guy. But um, yeah. he pushed his way in that picture. He's done excellent. I guess my biggest takeaway so far is, I mean, this league continues to improve. It gets harder and harder for this team to do what they've done in the past. And right now, again, they're still not that far off the mark of being another successful team. We just got to see a turnaround in the second half of the season, and I'm confident that will happen. Racing Louisville on Sunday at 4 o'clock at Lynn Family Stadium. Get your tickets. Come out and see that one as they take on Gotham and Louisville City at Phoenix on Saturday night. 10-15 is when our coverage will begin here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. This has been Soccer City. We will talk to you next Thursday night, every Thursday night at 6 o'clock here on these same stations. Vamos Marados.
College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.